Well, hey, Rally, so excited to be with you guys across the state. I hope you're feeling good right now. Come on, can you make some noise wherever you are? Let me hear you. I'm so excited for what God is doing. It's October. I hope you're feeling good. If you haven't started your New Year's uh, resolution for 2021, now's a great time to start because the year is nearly over, but it's feeling good. Uh, the weather's changing. I'm excited. I love fall as the Aussie coming to your country. It's, it's a good time, but I'm so excited for tonight uh, for what God is going to do. Over the next uh, month, we're going to be talking around this idea of pursuing people, uh, and we want to be known as a community for the way we love people, that we want to show the, the love of Jesus to the people around us, and I just pray for you that you are finding great community wherever you are, the city that you find yourself in, and if this is your first time at Rally, uh, we want to make you feel so welcome, so come on, can we make a big round of applause for all of our new people? We're so grateful that you'll come and hang with us tonight, and practically, we would love for you to join the family. You can simply text RALLY to 30303, and we would love to get you involved in what God is doing in and through RALLY. But if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be looking at uh, the book of Matthew chapter 28. Say Matthew. Great. Well, we are going to be looking at the parting words of Jesus uh, after his resurrection to his disciples, which is his mission. And if you've been around church or followed Jesus for some time, you would have known this idea of the Great Commission. And these are the words of Jesus kind of getting his guys in the locker room saying, hey, here's my instructions for you as I'm about to go to the Father and the Holy Spirit is about to come. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you, say with you, come on, say it with me, with you always to the end of the age. These words that we read of of Jesus are so well known in the Christian faith, in the Christian community, because this is the mission that we have been invited into. He's saying, all authority has been given to me, and here is my mandate to you. If you're taking notes tonight, my message is very simply titled, It's Our Turn. It's Our Turn. Can you say that with me? It's Our Turn. The reason why I have titled this message, It's Our Turn, is because we find ourselves in history in this moment with this mandate for us in South Carolina and where you find yourself And I want something to rise up within you tonight that you get a better glimpse of the message and the mission of Jesus. That something would rise within you, a picture of what God would want to do in and through your life. It's our turn. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life when I have done things that I never expected to do because everyone else is doing it. Uh, There are things in life called the classic like viral trends, like if you've been on Facebook, if you've been on old Instagram, TikTok, you know, whatever you want to be on, and you see these trends and all of a sudden you want to jump in. 
I'm thinking about things like the old Kiki challenge, like you're out by the car doing the Kiki challenge. I don't know what I'm doing, but this is the Kiki challenge. And you nearly get run over, but people do these viral trends. In old school, the mannequin challenge, like frozen in time, people are going through with the camera recording these ridiculous things. There was a time once upon it in my life when I was a youth pastor back in Australia, and there was this challenge called the Running Man Challenge. And this challenge was basically a classic dance that you do with some people. And if you know anything about me, just a little word of warning, I don't dance. Like I'm six foot six, I know I'm comfortable, I'm now a dad, I'm married, like I'm good. So I ain't dancing at weddings, I ain't dancing with you if you just say let's dance, like I don't dance. But anyway, a group of 11-year-old girls, and I don't know what it is about 11-year-old girls, but my gosh, they're scary. They've got peer pressure tactics. And all of a sudden, one night at our youth ministry, they convinced me to get on stage with them and do the running man challenge. But you see, the reason I'm doing this thing is because everyone else is doing it. So it's like, I will jump in the river because my, my gosh, the whole world's doing the running man challenge right now. Why on earth am I saying to the, to the, this to you? is because there is something in the human soul that was created to be a part of something bigger than us. I want you to catch this tonight. My main simple thought for you is that we are a part of something bigger than us. We're a part of something bigger than us. And I pray that something in you would rise up within you, understanding that you don't just have to do the mannequin challenge or the kiki challenge or the running man challenge, but my gosh, something can rise within you to say, I am a part of the mission of God. That following Jesus is not boring, it is not stale, it is not just something over to the side, but something rises up and says, man, I'm a part of what God is doing in the world. And this is what Jesus is saying in this text, that he is inviting them into an understanding that, hey, there is more for you. Would you get your eyes up and see what I am doing in the world? Verse 18 says that Jesus is saying and says to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This moment that we read about when Jesus is talking is this beautiful moment of that we find in life that Jesus has come and lived a perfect life. He would die for humanity, defeat death and be resurrected and spend one last time with his disciples. And he's saying these words, hey, all authority has been given to me and you know me, so therefore I'm sending you in my authority. Rally, you need to know tonight that God is about mission that we understand that God freely created humanity and the earth. And throughout human history has worked to redeem creation. That God's mission is orientated to his kingdom coming. And this is what Jesus proclaims. And we are invited into this. The mission of God because all authority has been given to Jesus and it is passed on to us. And so I pray that we would understand that we know Jesus And we have his authority with us. And so now we find ourselves in this moment, in 2021, in South Carolina, in the city that you find yourself. This gospel mandate, this mission that has gone on for years and years and years, we find ourselves here in this moment. Understanding that all authority has been given to Jesus and we know him and therefore go in that authority. You see, we don't get this 
commission without the resurrection. We do not get the commission from Jesus without the resurrection. And you need to know tonight that you have been invited into something that has defeated death and is alive, and we are a part of a victory in Jesus. This is eternal life, that we're a part of something so much bigger than us. No matter when you look at church history, you look at the persecution that has come against the church, no matter the obstacles and challenges, God's mission and mandate keeps going forth. The the Christian life is not something boring that you just go to church on a Sunday, but know you can know Jesus and know that you're a part of a community and a mission and mandate that is bigger than you. So would something rise within you tonight to lift and get a glimpse of who Jesus is and the authority that has been given to him and the beautiful, bigger story that you have been invited into? And so I want you to catch this that we have been sent by our Savior. We have been sent by our Savior. What am I saying here that we have a mission, that we have a purpose? I don't know if for any of my married people in the room or maybe you're dating or maybe just a purely a friend uh, has ever sent you to a grocery store. Often Taylor will send me down to my local Walmart neighborhood to go grab some groceries. It might be we need some oil to do some cooking, some bread. Who knows what it is. Just a random thing to go down to the grocery store to get. And I got this mission. I'm like, yes, babe, I got you. Jump in the car, listen to a podcast, having a great time, a little bit of quiet time for my introvert self. Get, get there. I've got my AirPods in. I walk in through the doors. The air conditioning hits me. And then I see some cereal. I think, man, I need some cereal. Then all of a sudden I see some bananas. I think, man, I love some bananas. I go and I start filling my cart with all these things and I go home and I say, babe, here it is. And then she looks and says, where's the bread? And I completely got distracted from the mission that I had been invited into and sent by my wife for. And I think that maybe potentially the young adults of South Carolina have got distracted from the mission that you have been sent on by Jesus. That, that you have been invited into and sent by your Savior with a mission and a purpose. I love that when we read of the gospel account of the life of Jesus and his disciples, that he had done life with them, ate with them, laughed with them, traveled with them. These were his people. And in Jesus' worst moment, his disciples deserted him. They fled and scattered In Jesus' crucifixion, they ran. And then he defeats death and defeats the grave. And where are the disciples? They're locked away and hidden in a room. We read about this, that Jesus goes after them. He does not say, hey, you guys left me hanging. I'm out of you. No, he says, I'm coming after you. No matter your brokenness, no matter the shame that you might feel, Jesus' heartbeat towards humanity and towards you is say, I, have been, I am your Savior, yet I have some purpose for you, that I have sent you. And I pray tonight that you would know that no matter the mistakes, the baggage, the shame that you might feel, Jesus is coming after you, that he wants a relationship with you, and he has purpose for you. And I want you to feel tonight that he has sent you. 1 Peter 2.9 says that, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who you are called out of darkness into this marvelous light. My friends, you are chosen by God. You are the way in which he wants to outwork his mission in the world. That Jesus says, hey, would you go? I I know that you don't feel qualified. I know that you don't feel like you know it all. But I am sending you. I'm sending you out into the world. And I pray tonight that you would see this reality that God sends you. And there's more for you to experience in, in the life of following Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, hey, if you want to, go. If you feel okay with it, go. No, he makes it very clear. Go and make disciples. Disciples is like an apprentice. It's a follower of someone. This is like we want to help people follow Jesus in the everyday moments. And so I pray that we would be a community who go, who understand that we have been sent by God, that our Savior has sent us. And so how do we go? We go in community. That we read in Acts, the early church, as they're bringing the gospel message to cities and to different places, that they did it in community. That's why it's so important for you to be in a rally group, for you to find a community that would love you and know you and be with you in the good times and the hard times. That's why we care so much about you not just coming and being a crowd, but being a part of this family that God is uh, working in and through. And so where do you find yourself? Maybe you feel like, man, I'm in a random city just for an entry-level job because this is where I could uh, get a job and I'm going to get out of here as soon as I can. Maybe you feel like you're at a college that you didn't want to be at. But could I propose to you that God has positioned you with a purpose for the people around you to bring the kingdom of heaven there and understand that you can bring the gospel message with you wherever you go. Would something in us rise of deep compassion for the people around us in the cities that we find ourselves in? Not just thinking, I'm going to get out of here as quickly as possible, but no, God, you have positioned me where I am with a purpose, and I understand that you have called me to go and make disciples, so I trust you. Asking the Holy Spirit, hey, when I wake up in the morning, God, would you remind me of that I'm a part of something bigger than myself, that you're at work around the world, yet here I find myself in South Carolina in what you're doing. I love that Jesus says that to go to all the nations. This is not just some nice thing to say, but all the nations represents every tribe, every tongue, people from different ethnicities, people from all around the world. This was not just supposed to stay with a select people, but it was for all nations. And I want you to understand tonight that God is at work in Africa, in Asia, in Australia, shout out Australia, in Europe, all around the world, the gospel is going forth and we get to play a part in that. It is not bound to a certain skin color. It is not bound to a way people talk, but it is for all people. And I pray that maybe some of you need to be a missionary and move around the world. But our heart for rally is that we would say, God, wherever you call, wherever you have me, I will go and make disciples. And so that's why for us, our heart as a community is that plain and simply, Would we pursue people? 
Would we pursue people? This is why we talk about this, is it reminds us. I know what I'm saying tonight, maybe not the most profound thing, but I want to do something within you to stir, man, a bigness within Rally that says, man, I care about the city that I'm in. I care about the mission of God. I'm not invited into some boring thing of following Jesus. No, my friends, when we realize what Jesus has done for us, what the cross afforded us, that we have been invited into this, it changes the way that we live. Moving to South Carolina uh, nearly five years ago, I I was so proud and I still am so proud of my Australian culture. But I came to South Carolina culture, some beautiful fried food, some some people wearing definitely different uh, style outfits, like we got cowboy boots, I've never really seen cowboy boots in my life. The other week I was in Charleston, uh, and, and shout out to Charleston, love Charleston, probably one of my favorite cities in South Carolina. But the place that I ended up shopping in was a boot store because my boy Riley Cummings wanted to buy a pair of uh, cowboy boots. And, and never in my life would I have ever imagined even trying on a pair of cowboy boots, but there I was in my not cowboy boot attire wearing a pair of cowboy boots in a store because my boy Riley loves him some cowboy boots. Did I buy them? No, but I even considered putting them on because of my friendship with Riley. You see, when we're around people, we want to act like them. When we are around people, our affections start to align and I pray that for us that we would understand that Jesus in this text says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age, that our affection would grow for Jesus, and as our affection grows, Jesus transforms us. What he loves, we love. What he hates, we hate. We start to see our character change because of our love and affection for Jesus. And so therefore, as we understand that, man, Jesus, I love you, I understand that following you is not boring that we want to start loving people the way Jesus loves people. That we understand that who we are becoming in Jesus shapes our activity. Who we are becoming informs our activity. So often in the Christian life, we just wanna get active. Like, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? But God wants to do something in you first before he does something through you. And so tonight, would you see that Jesus invites you into relationship, knowing him, and out of that, that we would love people the way Jesus loves people. You can't give what you don't have. How can you invite someone into an abundant life with Jesus if you're not experiencing one yourself? How can you find someone find firm footing in life if you don't have a firm foundation yourself? Would you take seriously your relationship with Jesus and let that transform you in the way that you love people? I want you to feel this thought. Do you treat people as projects or do you treat them as relationships to nurture? Do you treat people as projects Or do you treat them as relationships to nurture? When you look at the life of Jesus, and I would encourage you, read the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see how Jesus interacts with people. 
He's at dinner tables with people from different backgrounds, people who've made mistakes. He's not just telling them what they've done wrong, throwing stones at them, judging them. No, he's reclining at tables. He's doing life with, eating meals with. He has deep compassion for humanity. And I pray that it would be the same for us, that we would care so deeply for the people around us. So practically, what does this look like? How are you with your house, or purely your dorm room or your bedroom? What I mean by this is, when was the last time you invited someone over for a meal and just said, hey, I'm not trying to convert you, I'm trying to build a relationship with you and love you the way Jesus loves you. Just get some cheap ramen noodles and slap them on the table and have a great time and have a conversation. When was the last time you were radically generous? Maybe you need to buy some groceries and take it to a homeless person. Maybe you need to be radically generous with a tip to a waiter at a restaurant you might go to. Maybe you need to encourage uh, people around you as you go. Plain and simply, are you serving the next generation? Are you leading a fuse group? Or are you serving in Kidspring? Because I need you to hear this. The way that you live from 18 to 25, one day you will reflect and tell the story of what you did with your young adult years. And I pray that when you look back and you say, man, I got a little bit irresponsible for Jesus. I I got up early and I took my fuse group to to Chick-fil-A. I moved cities because I felt like God had something for me in another city. I went around the world and followed Jesus. I, I gave him my bank account, even though there may not be that much. But no, I want my 18 to 25-year-old age range of life to be all in for Jesus. The way that you live your life now will one day be the story that you tell. It is our turn, Rally. The people 500 years ago, they had their turn. People in 500 years will have their turn, but this is our time. That Jesus' message to the disciples echoes through to us tonight. And so what will you do with it? Will you settle for a compartmentalized, comfortable Christianity? Will you take some risk? Will you take a step of faith and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you? What's that one thing that maybe God's been prompting you to do? Is it sending a text of encouragement? Is it doing a random act of generosity? I don't know what it is, but I pray that something would rise up within the community of rally, that when people look in and see what we are doing, they say, man, they love people. They meet the needs of the community. They care deeply. They don't just treat people as projects, but they treat people as relationships to nurture, and they want to become more like Jesus. And I don't know what's going on, but I want to be a part of that family. And I pray that this will be true of us, Rally, that you would see and understand that you are a part of something so much bigger than you, that you have been sent by your Savior. And here we find ourselves in this moment wanting to be known for the way that we pursue people. So right now as I hand back to your campus and you dive into conversation, I want you to think about that. Maybe you need to change your career. Maybe you're living from selfish ambition and just about you. In the famous words of John Piper, don't waste your life 
Don't just chase a white picket fence with some nice money in your bank account when you retire and play a lot of golf. No, go all in for Jesus. The way of Jesus is so much better than what this world has to offer. And would we be the kind of people who follow Jesus, no matter the cost, no matter the hardship, no matter the challenge, because abundant life is found in Him. And we see that we want to be the kind of people who pursue people and love those around us. Let me pray for us as I hand back to your campus. God, I am so grateful for this uh, great commission that we have been invited into. That we're not just off to the side enjoying a kumbaya life, but no, you invite us in with mission and purpose. And I pray that something within the hearts of young adults would rise up, seeing that they're a part of something bigger than them. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our church, man. It's so humbling to see what, Holy Spirit, you're doing all across the state. We want more of it, God. Help us to live like you and to love like you, Jesus, those around us. And we just love you so much. And I bless your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.